Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. I I know it's hard to believe, but it's actually happening. We are sitting in this room. There are no storm warnings. There are no laryngitises or whatever (laughs) cooties you brought back from your other podcast episode, I'll point out, you know. So you go off. See, that's God punishing, by the way. (laughs) But anyway, no, there is nothing that has kept us from coming together, guys. And so to you in listener land, we say hello Thank you for being here. We are happy to be here with you. I'm Preacher Man. That's Townsend. Hey, and y'all. finally, finally things have worked out. And I just told her, I said, we got I gotta apologize to everybody. And she probably has no idea what I'm talking about, but I have no idea. My wife texted me the other day and she said, What's wrong with the podcast? I'm like, uh, nothing as far as I know. And she said, You sound like you're in a garbage can. And so what did did anybody say anything to you? No. Okay, so I'm like, what are you talking about? So she was listening to the episode where I had a student come and share with me. And I hate, I hate that it happened during that more than I just about hate anything involving technology. But if you ever work with computers, and I have learned a lot about how working with audio makes it even bigger of a headache. I I never knew. But sometimes settings will just change. Like there's something changed that I never, I didn't even know you could click it, (laughs) much less click it to change it. And so for that podcast, and I know at least one more, the microphone that's in your face and the microphone that's in my face was not what was recording the audio. This thing was. Wow. So it was set in our little recording software. Instead of using the soundboard that I have, it was using my webcam <laughs> microphone. So I, I, when I was talking, it was at least semi-decent because I'm, you know, it's facing me, but you... Or my school buddy, Max, it was like you were 20 feet away. It just sounded like you were in this Dang. big, it's so annoying. And so now I know where to look every time. And it's really <laughs> obvious now that I know where it is, but I'm just thinking to myself, how, how did that even switch? So to those of you who have had to suffer through, <laughs> suffer through that, suffer through listening and thinking, what the heck Those are some dedicated listeners. Yes, I really appreciate it because Man. believe me or not, there's more listening recently than have ever. And so I'm thinking, oh, great. Well, cowboy <laughs> preacher, comma, yeah. man, decided to just give us a full-blown shout-out and wanted to just do some free advertising for us oh. at the barrel race. And so t- everyone was coming up and asking about our podcast. He told me to ask you what you talked about because uh, I told him he probably thinks too little of himself and too much of me. And so he told me that I should ask you like how he did because he said he you know didn't die basically and so it's good you know he does he talks in front of people all the time he does but a nervous. very good nervous. job he was nervous because he was sitting there with me mm-hmm. and he wasn't sure how the conversation would flow but it went awesome well that's that you know that's something that this has nothing to do with much of anything but that's something that that never I listen to lots of podcasts and I never once thought about the challenges that come from having a continual conversation for 45 minutes, if that yeah. makes like, especially it's hard enough with just one person, but you got two people or more it, having, you know, cause while you're talking, I'm listening and making sure I know 
something to say once yes, you're finished, you know, and exactly. the same thing. And you don't realize that. So that, but that, that's interesting that that's what he was. Yeah. He was so with. nervous, but he and I've had so many conversations together mm-hmm. that I just knew talking with him would not even be hard. I've so, known him since I was a child. And this, where was this? At a barrel race in Starville. That's and the there were one a lot Lucky of people dog? there. Yes. Okay. I was shocked. More people just kept coming in. And then I'll admit, I got a little nervous. And then <laughs> my friend from my cowgirl crew just literally bombed me out with this song choice. She changed the song the morning of, and it uh, turned out to be the song that I chose for my grandmother's funeral. Oh, so you were. You and were, so I had no idea. And so she gets up there. I walk through the door and I uh-huh. hear the music to it. And of course, she isn't singing yet. She's just listening and preparing. Mm-hmm. And I just stop. And of course, my child is like, are you OK, mom? And No, I'm not OK. Yes, I'm <laughs> fine, honey. And so we walk up and I'm already tearing up and I feel myself. And I said, why are you playing that music? And she just calmly looks at me and says, I decided this morning I'm going to sing that song. I said, no, you're not. Wow. She said, yes, I am. I said, oh, no. So I sat down, and of course I did. I cried a lot. And I said, you know, that I knew our question Mm -hmm. was, when has your faith in God and when has God gotten you through a difficult situation? And I said, I didn't know that being here this morning listening. It went together. That's good. So anyway, it it started us off on a good foot. And I just said, there's no better way to humble a speaker than to make her cry a lot before she gets up to speak. (laughs) Okay. So So you didn't get booed out of the arena. No, it worked out great. See, that's really good. And so I'm, I'm glad... That one was approved by me because I wasn't here that Sunday either. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so I, and, and I have somebody here who was probably at that barrel race too, or at least his family was, talking about how I was on vacation. Anybody that's <laughs> listening to me who's ever chaperoned a school <laughs> field trip with like 20-something kids and I don't know how many adults, that is not a vacation. That was, I was thankful to survive it. I drove a, uh, our church van from here. I put 1,500 and plus miles, I don't remember how all, but 15, from here to Orlando, Florida and back. And on the way back, I did it all in one swoop, which isn't really that big of a deal, except that you have to stop. I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, we're going to eat lunch and yeah, that kind of stuff, you know? So, whoo, but we made it and I'm here today and I want to talk about something that's actually in the news and get get your feel on it, get what you think, and then talk about, uh, I just want to say that I think I think in the past it has been... Not, not on. I'm not calling out like individually, but as a whole, I think it's been done wrong, and I think it's time for for some confession on that, and then just start doing it right. But uh, I have apologized for the recording quality. That was totally on me, and when I say it was on me, it was on this computer. I don't know why, but I can see it right now. It says Line MGXU, and that's what it has to say from now on. So if you need to ask me that in the future, <laughs> hey, does it say that? Yes, it does. Does it because say the thing? Because I will not the remember thing, the thing. And, that, and I'm, I know now to check that every time because I had no idea, but my wife, you know, she was like, ooh, wee, that sounds really not good. And, well, at least she's honest. Well, but you guys here, he hasn't apologized yet for still not including me in on the topic. So surprise no, again. That's, it, I think they're better when I don't bring that up. <laughs> All right, so uh, another thing I just wanted to point out, I hate, I say I hate, I don't like bringing up like our church specifically because this podcast is, an, is a ministry or a product of this church, but it's not about, you know, East Louisville Baptist Church. But Correct. if you go on Facebook and go to East Louisville Baptist Church's website and look at the Easter post and all of these beautiful women who wore hats, <laughs> what I want to know is, did your daughter 
notice? Like, did she notice? She's probably too young to have noticed, but did you even notice that, that your daughter was the whole reason I did that? Or we did that? Well, she was really, really excited about it. Okay. I mean, she legit thought that it was the most grand thing. And she's already been preparing her next hat outfit. Yes. See, and I'm I was like, hoping. I don't know if See, So many people have said, is that going to be an annual thing? Because yeah. I really liked it. She, she really thought that it was, I mean, I just loved it when she walked in and I saw her face. You know, they were greeting right. Easter morning. Right. And so when she noticed everyone with hats, she just, I mean, the light in her eyes, she just Good. couldn't believe it. So if those of you who don't know, exactly one one Easter ago, uh, baby Townsend wanted to wear an Easter hat, which I think is just fabulous. But when she walked into church, if I understand what happened correctly, when she walked in, nobody else was. Correct. And so her desire to wear hers evaporated and yes. she wanted to take hers off. She felt like she didn't fit in right. anymore. And so yeah. first off, I was like, man, that's like a sermon topic being lived out right in that moment, you know, but I thought I, I, when I learned about that, I told my ministry assistant, my my wife, myself, and my ministry assistant, we have weekly meetings just to make, try to make sure we're staying on top of everything. And and we all said, you know, write it down that next year we need to encourage people to, we need to undo what had been done. And so I didn't have any idea how many people would actually wear one. Now, I wasn't even sure that that's why you did it. I that found that very heartwarming. That, was that makes me want to cry a little bit. But uh, I, was, I was like... I, I want to bring it up, but I don't know. People will be, and at first I saw some faces that were like, uh, but I was like, no, no. Somebody's it was gonna be awesome. One. And that wasn't even, that. that's a lot of women in that picture, but that wasn't all the, because some right. people either visited and didn't know or whatever, but, but there are just so many hats. And I just thought it was <laughs> hilarious because when you go look at that picture, your daughter is dead in the middle. She is. And so I'm looking, I look at it and I'm like, the ringleader is right where she belongs in the middle. <laughs> And all of her hat people are behind her, and so I just loved it. So, I, it helped me have an even better, an even better Easter. And so, children are precious, and 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 that was a good lesson for me to 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 see the influence we all have when she walked in a year ago and immediately wanted to change what had made her happy because it didn't make her fit in, like you said. And that yes, and this time she was so proud of her hat. You yes, know? I was. I'm glad, but that's something I want to talk about about realizing the change and the effect that we have because her little heart was changed a year ago because of the culture of the room. And I'm, I'm using that word. There's a lot of big words I want to use and it doesn't, it doesn't do anybody good to use them. So culture is just how we all see ourselves as a group. You know, we have a, a national culture, but in our little, in our little faith family, that culture changed her behavior because she didn't fit in. And the culture has shifted so much since maybe some of you who are listening, but like since my parents were young, the culture in our country has shifted so much that I'm afraid if we just keep walking around with our ears plugged and our eyes closed, we don't, we don't even have a battle to fight anymore. Amen. Now, now, what I want to bring up is something that was in the news recently, but it was in the news recently because it's actually a six-year-old issue. If your child came home, or, or did you know... Townsend, that there is such a thing in the United States called an after-school Satan club? No. Did you know that existed? No. 
So I would assume that most people don't. Back in 2016, in a response to the whole mis- well, separation of church and state, uh, I'm, I won't talk about that now, but that's misunderstood. It's miscommunicated. It's original intent versus how it's used today. They're very, they're like daylight and dark. But in in reference to uh, a Christian <coughs> club being allowed to use a school property after hours. The, a group of atheists formed what they called the after-school Satan Club, and they went to court and said, we have just as much right to do it as they do. And in the state of Washington in 2016, they decided, yes, you're right. And so they had an after-school Satan Club in a state in the United States of America. Now, if I could go in a time machine to 1955 and say to someone, an adult in 1955, hey, did you know that when you have grandkids, they'll be able to go to an after-school Satan club? They would they would say, of course not. Either They would say probably one of two things. One, the country is doomed. Or two, there's no way that would happen. Because right. the culture of 1955 wouldn't have allowed that. Right. right. Couldn't okay. even possibly remotely consider They wouldn't it be able to fathom Right. That. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But, in, but in just a short amount of time, now I live in the time where in 2016, this club was allowed to exist. I'm not... I'm not wanting to belittle anyone. It had one attendant, that one one pair of parents took their child to it, and after a few months, it just dissolved. And then in twenty, either late 2020 or 2021, the same thing came up again. This time, I think I'm saying it correctly. It's either Moline or Moline, M-O-L-I-N-E, Illinois. There is an after-school Satan Club right now, meets currently. Their last meeting is in the month of May of this year, so it's, it's, it's coming to its end. I don't know why it's limited, but I couldn't find any information about how many people attend. And whether you know it or not, yesterday, a school board in Pennsylvania met about the request for an after-school Satan Club to use an elementary school after hours. Now, what I understand is that at the board meeting, which occurred, I believe, yesterday evening, over 100, 200 parents were present. And the school board, which has 18 members, voted 17 to 1 to refuse the request. Now, you might think, well, of course they refused it because, you know, we're not that far gone. But if in 1955 it was unthinkable, and in 2016 it not only thinkable, it was happening, what happens in 2060? Yes. If we keep doing what was being, forgive me, but what was being done in 1955, if we keep doing what they did, that's what's gotten us here, okay? And and so I, I have a problem with, I love having this conversation with my dad, by the way. <laughs> uh, I love my dad. I love my father, but I love being able to bounce off. He is a product, you know, I'm a product of him. <clears throat> so like he is at the age where he remembers prayer in school and when it was removed. And like many, a lot of folks will say everything started going downhill when prayer was removed from school. And I like to ask in return to that, who let it be taken out? Amen. And then once you realized it was a bad idea to take it out, why didn't you make sure it got put back? We like to blame and not do. be responsible. Do. Yes. Yeah. So I want to ask you as a parent, you live, you're raising a beautiful hat wearing on Easter daughter in a world that has after-school Satan clubs, <laughs> do you think it's important to shield her or to sharpen her as she grows older? 
Um, naturally, I would automatically go to sharpen first because that's how my mom did me. Okay. Um, now that she, as she's uh, growing up little by little and I see more and more of me, I'm mm. saying shield a little because she might already be sharp enough. Mm-hmm. But um, no, on a serious note, the, I think both. Okay, um, fair. Because... You know, I've struggled so hard with the school situation mm-hmm. already. I have struggled so hard with where to have her. Where to go. Family feels one thing. I may or may not agree with some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> homeschool sounds even even better and better as the minutes trek on. Mm-hmm. Um, but shielding is well you, you know you read the stories about how you know there was just a post on Facebook the other day about a, a man whose child <laughs> excuse me had asked questions mm-hmm. and so the man hands him their bag to leave off the bus and the kids like this is so heavy i cannot carry it mm-hmm. it's just too heavy and so he explains there are just some things that are too heavy for children to carry right and so because I'm your parent, because I love you, I choose to carry that and protect you from having to mm-hmm, carry that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's the shielding side of it. Right. That yes, I absolutely think that should be. I think there are some parents who are in a complete open book, mm-hmm. and I think we take the innocence away too quickly. Okay. Um, on the second side of this is, I think there are some parents who live in, and I, I know eventually I will fall into these categories. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I will, mm-hmm. and someone will have to help me. But I've seen parents as a youth group, I guess, instructionalist. I don't know what I am. (laughs) But um, that they are so naive to think that their kid has never heard of any of it and has never spent even two seconds sharpening them. Mm -hmm. So they've been led by the outside world to believe whatever. Right. Because the parent has never sharpened the kid into, like they've shielded, 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 Mm -hmm. and just completely lived so naive that it's like, okay, you've... You can only provide so much shield. Right. Or it's funny to me, you think you're providing all this shield while they hold a phone in their hand. Correct. And there's no shield at all. It's Trust a very me. contradictory right. situation. Yeah. So I, I started thinking about this and the, the, the Satan Club, which, by the way, if you go Google that, they had, I think it's from 2016, like a, a YouTube video advertisement. It is so creepy. It is. Like if I you were trying up. to get an idea of this in people's heads, you would try to, I would think, be better at PR. It is awful. The video is, I'm like, ugh. Is it the one with the statue? It ha- yeah. And well, it's like red and it's got, if you turn the sound on, it's all freaky noises and a spider crawling on somebody's finger. And it's like, we're about free thinking and rationalism and field trips. And I'm like, this, why are you trying to freak me out? Anyway, and, and we could get into the fact that Anton LaVey and all that Satanism stuff, they don't even believe that Satan exists. They use that as a counterpoint to to uh, Christians. But So we took this field trip to Disney World, and so obviously Disney World is an amalgamation of the whole world because you have people there from all over the planet that are come there. <laughs> and, of course, I was curious at how many people would think, ooh, how could you step foot in Disney World after they've made these statements about uh, inter- interjecting LGBTQ plus individuals in the movies and the cartoons and and the uh, pushback on the quote unquote don't say gay bill in Florida, which isn't that, but whatever. And I wanted to that was actually mentioned by someone. And I wanted to mention, well, because this trip was paid for months ago before all that went down and they don't give refunds. So that's why we're there. But um it's but crazy. You know, that's it, I hate to even interrupt you, but 
That's crazy to me in itself because when Hallmark went through all of that, mm-hmm. as far as introducing a, um, I think it might have been a lesbian couple mm-hmm. in a wedding for a brief moment or something on one of the movies, we were to all boycott Hallmark. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the country was to you know, boycott Hallmark. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, but the very next second we're watching team mom on MTV Mm -hmm. with our teenagers sitting right beside us. And we have their phones open up to only God knows what they're seeing on other people's Snapchats. Like pick one people. Well, I thought it was interesting that immediately after getting back from that trip, I started seeing things on social media about boycott Disney. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's the 1980s again. Okay. So I'm a Southern Baptist preacher. I, I, I'm allowed to say my opinion about, I think back then in the 80s with Disney had a, a gay day is what it was called. And so there was this huge outcry by the Southern Baptist Convention to boycott Disney. That was the stupidest thing they could have ever said, because when you leave the battlefield, you give the battle to someone else. Absolutely. And no one boycotted Disney. They didn't boycott Disney because... Anybody that can hear my voice that decides they want to make some impact through a boycott, make sure you recognize what it takes to boycott. And what every other aspect of your life entails that also includes those very same things that you're right. boycotting in exactly. the other area. Because, for example, if I'm going to boycott Disney today, same same was true then, but in a way, every guy at a church that was clamoring about boycotting Disney, well, first off, you weren't planning to go to Disney World anyway. So they're not losing anything. But secondly, Disney owns ESPN. So how many guys quit watching football? How many guys quit watching the games? How many guys quit watching SportsCenter? Disney also owns ABC Family Channel. So how many people that liked shows on there? Like I don't know what's on. I haven't had regular TV in who knows how long. But uh, how many people quit watching that? Today, how many people are going to not go watch the Marvel movie or the I'm going to put myself in the hot seat, the Star Wars movie or what? Who's going to not do that? You're going to go cancel your Disney Plus subscription while your daughter is watching Lady and the Tramp 400 times in a row every other day. But you're going to end that because you're, quote unquote, boycotting Disney. And my question would be, what have you accomplished? You're trying to shield so much instead of sharpening this weapon God has put in your quiver to be able to shoot it into that culture and say, no, no more. No, instead of running away, which is why prayer got taken out of school, it's why Disney is saying the things it's saying right now, because they're loud. They they use Twitter. They use Snapchat. They use, there's a new one called Be Real. Do you have Be Real? I do not. That one that one freaks me out more than any others. But but it, anyway, um, they have all the, and they make use of it. Well, we just sit behind our bubble, right? We sit, we sit quietly. We try to build a wall. And, and we only seek out those who look and act like us, right. period. And then we we don't pay attention to the fact that our children have ways out of the wall. They, they, they If they're holding the telephone, an iPad, if they're on a laptop connected to the internet, they're not in the wall. I had my, <laughs> I don't know which one is either my son or my daughter. I had their phone during the morning because sparing you all the details, when you go to Disney World, it, it, you have this app and you and you create your group and then you can... Anyway, connect everybody and make plans to go to this ride and that ride. And I was holding one of their phones because I was trying to make sure they were in my group. And this text message pops up, well, Snapchat. And it's to their whole class, like it's a class Snap group or whatever. And it's just, I mean, first off, teenagers are teenagers, I do understand. But it's just gross language uh, that somebody has sent to the whole group. And so, of course immediately everybody starts messaging, hey, great timing, Dr. Joy saw this or whatever, because that's who I am at school, Dr. Joy. 
And I'm just laughing because I'm like, everybody's parent would pretend, oh, not my kid, not my kid. But I'm looking at it. And and they're all in this group. It's not, everybody's in here. And so it made me start wondering that old saying, somebody, I don't know who said it, but ships are safe in harbor, but that's not where a ship is meant to be. Amen. We spend a lot of time trying to form our anchors for them. But we don't teach them how to sail. Yes. And and my friend Clint says this all the time. But smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. So we've got to prepare them for the rough seas and let them know, hey, they are coming. Right. Well, it's like my my, my dad never knew that he was teaching me this in this way. But he used to tell me how, like, if, if today they don't even so much drive in that kind of weather. But he would leave home and there would be snow, like big snows falling or tornado warnings everywhere. And he's like, see, I got to go to work, you know? And he would tell me all the time, I don't care how rough the trip was. I just need to know you brought the load in. And he said that that's how, that's how you drive a truck. Don't complain about how deep the water was or how hard it rained or how slick the ice. I don't care. Did you get the load in? What's that same sort of idea? You, you have to learn how to drive through that. You can't avoid that. But our culture Want, seems to want to become more and more a culture of avoidance, where we avoid the things that we don't like. We're just going to pretend like like those three monkeys, you know, monkey, I don't know what you call it, but they got the head, eyes covered, the mouth covered, and their ears covered. Yes. Okay, well, we want. it seems like people of faith, and I, forgive me, this is just true. I don't want, I mean, if it hurts your feelings, that's because the truth hurts. From the 1960s on, it's just been this idea of if I ignore it, it won't affect me. Yes. If I, if I, Turn my back to it. Just walk away from it, right? If I just leave it. so It's none of your business. Look at the number of public schools and private schools that exist because of one reason or another. Look at yes. them. Look at the fact. Now, I, I know there are limits to this idea. I know that, you know, if the public school is absolutely a cesspool of who knows what, sure, I, I can completely understand why you send your child to the private school. I, I see that from both sides because I am a city public school survivor. And my children, for the majority of their education, have gone to a private Christian small school. So I I see it from both sides. But here's what aggravates me the most. And your daughter will be a product of this. And I have seen children come and go. I have seen children become adults. We have in the Christian culture a huge failure rate of young people who abandon it all once they're outside of the shield. Agreed. Because we, even in shielding, we didn't teach them to hold the shield. We just held it in front of them. And, you know, we don't, as parents in the society we live today, I could not fathom letting my parents down, A, because I was Mm -hmm. scared of what was going to happen to me. Like, my my dad at your sermon Sunday looked at me a couple of times and literally said, what would I have done? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, like... You know, slit throat motion, like done for. Right. And, you know, so A, I was petrified for my life. <laughs> right. But B. Which today is child abuse. Gone, yes. Yeah. B, I, I so wanted his approval and he was around to give it to me mm-hmm. or to correct me right. in such a way that every moment it, it was unhealthy even. Mm-hmm. Found out when I was an adult, you're not actually supposed to live that way seeking that approval of your parents 24-7. Yeah. Calm down. But it also turned me into then seeking that of your employer, seeking that. I mean, there's a healthy way to do that. Mm-hmm. We've just abolished all of it. Right. And, you know, my child said to me, 
after the weekend at Startville last weekend, we had a little friend come and stay the night with us. And then we have a friend here at church that comes and stays. Mm -hmm. And we had a little friend over Sunday on Easter for a little while. And she said to me the other day, I think you love other children more than you love me because you get on to me all the time. So we had to have the same talk that, you know, you said yours had with you Mm -hmm. because I love you this much. Where did that go in every line of everything? Right. Because I even love you, my neighbor, enough, I can't stand to watch this happen. Mm -hmm. So let me interject myself in just a little bit. It may be uncomfortable. Right. When do we take a stand? Well, and and it's, you, I think you could go back and see where they traded. So that's called, uh, biblically, what you just described, I would say is called speaking the truth in love. What I'm going to say might hurt you, but I don't, I don't want you to hurt, right? But I think we traded that for, no, I hate you because you're different. Yeah. Instead of, I don't want to speak the truth in love. I just want to tell you, you're going to hell. I'm not. I'm perfectly fine. And the fact that I hate you, God has no problem with that because he hates you too, right? I mean, I don't see a beaten within a past an inch of his life savior hanging on the cross saying, yeah, but those guys over there, you see them? No, I can't stand them. I don't see that. That's not biblical. But it became biblical because I say that tongue in cheek, it became biblical because it was easier to process. It was easier to leave the battlefield, leave the conversation, leave the the church had so much influence in the world. And it's just gotten less and less until today. It is, I'm not at all, I'm sometimes afraid that if I say what I think 100%, people will think, oh, he doesn't believe in the victory of God or the power of the Holy Spirit. No, I do completely believe in those things. But I recognize that today, because of what's been done in the past and is being done in the present, it is a very much uphill battle. Yes, absolutely. Okay, the, the victory, capital V, end of the Bible type victory, nothing can change that at and, all. And those who don't see it are are lukewarm. That's just the bottom line. Well, You're living lukewarm if you absolutely have no clue that it's happening. Yes. And I, th- I, th- I think you have to... I was about to say something that's probably not... I think you have to, on purpose... Be not seeing, like I choose to lie about what I see. Yes. To, to, to not see it. If Agreed. That makes sense. So, where I come from is this idea of do I shield you or sharpen you? And I think Townsend is 100%, like 150%, right? Age matters, maturity matters. Yes. Because I don't think that baby Townsend or uh, one of my adopted, I've been adopted into a family, my wife and I, we, my whole family's been adopted into theirs. And so I'm their adopted, you know, they're, they're, I don't know what you call me. I'm a granddad, but it's not my grandchild. Does that make sense? Anyway, this little bitty baby girl was born just weeks ago. I'm not going to have in some deep conversations where she doesn't speak English and little Townsend speaks English, but she doesn't speak philosophically depth of, right. you know, she, her brain can't even do that. But when do we recognize that they've grown up? When do we recognize that now I no longer shield you, now I teach you how to hold the shield? And I dare say part of the reason why we can't see when they've grown up is because we haven't Ooh. as a society. Oh, okay. I think uh, that's uh, painfully accurate. But what uh, here's what really aggravates me. I, I it's, it's right. It's right to recognize that there's an age where certain things need to take place, where discussions should be had, where I'm not holding the shield, I'm teaching you to hold it. But while we wait for that to happen, we give them access to the full filth of the world because we send them into the public, we send them with devices, we sit them in front of TVs, and they don't care about their age. They don't care about their... They've on purpose studied how to get to them most, 
right? I remember learning for the very first time in advertising how they study what colors will catch your attention first, what fonts will make you remember. In marketing, you you are the thing. They are like a rat. You're being studied in this cage. And I thought, wow, look at how much I'm studied just to get to consume a product. Yes. What if all of us who have been called and who serve the creator of the whole of the universe, what if we cared to understand people that much so we would know what to say, how to say, when to say, that truth would be encouraged or invited into the conversation or, you know, that we would be engaged in the community or or even be willing. So I, I, probably at this point we've talked about it before, but in Ephesians 6 when Paul talks about wearing the full armor of God, it aggravates me how obvious it is that a person who wears armor does not stay where they barracks. were, yeah. Right. If, if I'm putting on armor, it's because I'm about to go where there is a battle. Yes. Well, then why do we as a people of faith so often, you can tell me I'm wrong, but the world tells me I'm right. Why does the church who's supposed to be putting on armor so often look like cowards? Amen. We're so afraid, and, 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 and I think we're afraid of the idea of being attacked, not even of actual having experience with attack against us. We're, we're afraid of being attacked. But one of the things that Paul tells us to carry is a shield. But he says it's there to stop, I think the language, well, I can look here. It says uh, holding the shield of faith, extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Okay, well, if I'm extinguishing arrows with my, sh- with my shield, that means I am literally being shot at, right? But we don't want to be. I don't want to be shot at. I'm going to oh, do no. everything in my life to not. And we don't want be. our own skeletons uncovered because of how unrighteous we're living. Right. So it makes it hard for us to step out and try to sharpen anyone else, even our own children, right. Right. because we do the whole "say as I as I say, do as I say, yeah. not as I do" thing. Don't we pay just attention. talked about that. Yeah, don't pay attention to the guy behind the curtain. You know, I, I've told you before. It's a very big deal to me to one day be able to, with as much certainty as I feel like Paul says to say, copy me. Yes. Because copy me means now I want you to imitate how I fight. I want you to imitate the battles that I'm a part of. And I, I really feel like on some level, that's the sort of maturity we all are supposed to be aiming toward. That's how, that's the maturity we're supposed to be leading our children to. But I mentioned earlier, and I don't even know if I said it, the, the truth that's coming is almost 80%, if not 80 or more percent of the young people who are a part of churches today, active. They're in there every Sunday, every Wednesday. I'm talking about the the ones who you assume will make the next leaders of the church. I'm not saying that they won't, that they won't, sorry. But the statistics say that 80% of them will never set foot in there again. And if they do set foot in there, it will normally be in some sort of life crisis, which means they didn't know how to shield themselves, or when they have children, which means somehow they recognize the importance, but they weren't taught to connect it to real life. And I just, no other business would 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 continue on the way it's going with a with an 80% busted rate. You know, yep. if eight out of 10 calculators just literally didn't turn on, well, you're not in the calculator business. You just make junk. You make garbage. Uh, you're in the garbage business. Okay, but if if, if that's what's happening in our churches... We keep one. It seems to me we just keep wanting to blame the culture. Oh, they just won't listen, or they just don't understand, or they just won't. You know, their parent. We're going to blame everything except stop and look and be like, mm, "Am I doing this correctly? Yeah, am that's I, exactly am I, right. Am I telling the truth, 
Or am I just telling the same old tropes that that have long since been pulled apart? And in an information age like this, there's, you know, I, I asked my Bible class even today, I said, I asked a question that would have been impossible for them to know the answer to because there's 50 answers. But I said, what's the one thing you're normally not allowed to do in church? And the answer I was looking for, ask questions. You're not allowed to ask. Don't ask questions. You know, don't, because the answer will always be God works in mysterious ways. No, that's not, I mean, that is true. That will forever be true, but that's not the only answer that somebody deserves. Somebody deserves at least an I don't know, because normally we don't know. But you've been open and honest about, about you know, the path that's gotten you here. And, and I've tried to share some of the path that, got, you know, I'm not a good, decent fellow. I was a, if you want to talk about being a father, I was an awful dad uh, with our first child. And, and, and maybe I make it sound worse than it was, but when he was little, I didn't want to do anything about changing diapers and feeding in the middle of the night because I'm an only child who was a spoiled brat. I mean, my wife had two kids <laughs> all of a sudden. I didn't want to be a part of that. Or you want to talk about um, being a good student. When I was in high school, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I had the gift of just being intelligent, but I didn't try hard. I probably was a headache, you know, but there are plenty of other things that I didn't do well. I was not, I didn't come into the world in this moment that I'm in now being perfect or good. But I had to be taught how to live. I had to, and and maybe the adults among us are so busy trying to live ourselves, we're forgetting that once you got named parent, let's say, you got given the highest calling you're ever going to get in life. You're yes. never going to be rich enough. You're never going to have enough positions or own enough possessions to be anything more important than a shaper of the next generation. Well, you know, somebody told me this past weekend that they didn't want to tell me something because they didn't want me to be disappointed in them. And I said, but why are you worried? And it wasn't even anything that they did bad. Mm -hmm. It was something about getting dental work done, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I do not understand why people are like that with me. Yeah. And my better half says, are they not the same with your dad? And I'm like, yeah, actually they are. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad's brothers, my dad's other nieces and nephews, mm -hmm. everyone in our life, if they were about to do something bad, mm -hmm. they looked around to make sure he wasn't around before right. they went to do it. Because he's the one that will call you out, make you feel like an inch tall, and then be like, we're not going to do this. Yeah. Well, so then he compared me to him and was like, you tend to do that sometimes. You'll whatever. But the reason is because I thrive on that. Right. For someone to be that way with me mm -hmm. makes me the very best person I can be. And so I tend to do that. So mm -hmm. I'm like, why, thank you. I take that as a compliment because, yes, absolutely, if I know someone can be better, I even do that to my own self in the mirror. Right. So... I think that we as a whole society have found ourselves in a position that we think that it's almost prideful or sinful to say, you know, that's absolutely not the way we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. But then absolutely, I love you. Now, what what can we do now different? Let's go right. do it together. Right. You know, it's like there's this misconception of the way it has to be handled. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's what's veered us off to the wrong way and the wrong direction is well, like. I mean, think about what you just said. There's this obsession with the way that it has to be handled. I immediately can hear someone say, it's just always the way we've done it. Yeah, that exactly. happens in Is that not a church problem? 
where it's not about what we're doing. It's that we maintain doing what we've always done. Yes. I got onto two other people's children in church on Sunday and my mother was appalled. And then before they went to leave and go do their thing, you know, I hugged both of them and they were kissing me and I was kissing them and they ran off and scurried along. And she's like, well, I wouldn't have been hugging on you if you'd talked to me like that. (laughs) But those two children know I love them more than anything in this whole world. And so when did we lose that? Right. I don't know. I wish I knew the easy answer. I just want to know we have a huge problem that I think like I think we ought to be willing to just say out loud, I have lived, and maybe, okay, all right, all right. First, I think we need to be able to say out loud, I have lived as a coward too long. And maybe there are people who can say, no, that's not true about me. And and I am so thankful for that. I'm just afraid that there are a lot of cowards who would say that's not about me. There's yeah. a lot of cowards who don't even want to recognize that they're not a sharp weapon. They don't want to recognize that they've never actually been in, been in battle. They've never they don't put on armor and 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 on the one or two times that they did, they just let other people go in front. And well, this is such a broad topic, but I'm going to add this in about you saying that. There is such an adrenaline rush about suiting up for the Lord and doing something like that in mm-hmm. his name. It is such an adrenaline rush and yeah. it is such a feeling. And yet we as Christians go Avoid. in every other avenue mm-hmm. to try to find that same feeling and in avoid that. Else. Yeah, you got that right. So, you know, we do. We do that, guys. Yeah. And we also, to avoid the danger that comes from being where he's asked us to be, we just leave whole parts of society lost. Yes. And then we then we wag our finger at how things have gotten worse and point at them over there when the ones who were supposed to tell them what was wrong and how to be right were the ones wagging their finger. Yes. Well, who who do I think God is more disappointed in? Absolutely, the one wagging their finger because I mean, they knew better all yeah, along. The I lost, just said that Saturday. The lost are lost. Yes. And I, I hate this, but that's how they're going to be. But if I know the truth and I just wag my finger at the Absolutely. lost and blame them for acting that way, I, I've, I've forgotten who I was. Ebbs, uh, yep, you and hit like the nail on the head. you've mentioned, and I'm probably going to go off somewhere where I think nobody can see, and I'm going to act like the ones I'm wagging my finger at. Now, I know that we're drawing down to the end of our time together, but I want to say that for me, the realization when it hit me, because I discussed this last Saturday in our, in our little mm-hmm. at the barrel race sermon, when the realization hit me that I was a coward and I had not been handling things like he thought that I should, like mm-hmm. he had commanded me to do. And when I truly realized, like, I have got to change, I almost went through a depression yeah. and almost went through, like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know what I was doing is not right, but I have no clue what I'm supposed to be doing. And then came ELBC. <laughs> oh, well. Well, and I know you don't want to take credit for that, no. but I'm just saying, you didn't come knock on my door to find me, though. Yeah, that's so true. it takes an effort. Like you, I think we get lost in translation sometimes when we realize that's not exactly how I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. but you got to start walking right. to get. And so I'm still not where I'm supposed to be, but it helps when you surround yourself with people who can kind of help instruct that area. And it's important to know that it's perfectly fine to say I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but it matters that I'm going in the right direction. Yes. Trying is a big deal. I left Orlando, Florida at whatever time that day, 
And I, it took a long time to get where I was supposed to be, but the whole time I was going the right way. Yes. Because how sad is it if I spent all that time driving the wrong direction? Right. You know, it'd be miserable. And that's part of that, I think, maybe even that depression you're talking about where it's, you realize, I've been going the wrong way. This whole time. This whole time I've been going the wrong way. And I can't just snap my fingers and get to where I was supposed to be. No. I have to take that journey. But there's something about being formed, or I'm going to use that word, sharpened. That that journey is going to make happen. Yes. So this isn't just a Bible thing. My favorite, my favorite president. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to have, but my favorite president in American history is Teddy Roosevelt, because that dude was just a beast. Like he's just <laughs> hardcore. Well, he wrote, he wrote something. Uh, well, he was giving a, a speech, and the speech was called "Citizenship in a Republic." And inside of that, there is a section that is always you you probably never heard anything else of the speech but if you've heard this it came from there it's called the man in the arena and this is what he says and and this i guess is what i'm driving we need to recapture the fact that being in the fight matters and from children to adults it's not about shielding as much as it is about i I like what towns it's both of them but because so long we have avoided sharpening i guess that's where my focus is we need to get back to that And, and he says It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man has stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who makes mistakes, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error, but who does actually strive to do the deeds we have to be trying. We have to be in the arena. Amen. We have to be fighting. And uh, I'm actually thankful that God would decide I was supposed to be here during this time. It, I could have been born at any time. But those of us who draw breath today, he said, you're the ones who will be there when they take it back. You'll be part of the movement, part of the revival, whatever term you want to use. You will be the one uh who gets to strive towards the goal that matters the most. Because some, I hate it, but it's true, some have not striven, and thus we have been given what we rightly deserve. But now I think we could be awakened to striving towards what God has asked for us to have. And I will end with what what he this section of that speech, what he ends with. The one who knows best in the end is triumph of high achievement. At worst, he fails, but at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place will never be with the cold and timid souls who never know victory or defeat. Man. I I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be, Jesus said, lukewarm. You don't know either one. You don't know anything. I want to know, and God wants me to know. And so I just want to apologize again for how bad the audio was, and I want to thank you for being here, but I want to encourage you, be sharpened. If your next question is, well, how do I get sharpened? I'm glad you asked, because that's probably what next week's podcast is. You just have to wait seven days to answer, to begin answering that question, but be sharpened. Teach people to hold shields, but remember that our job is not to hide behind them. It is to use them as the tool of protection while we take the fight into the culture around us, because it's time to take it back. Amen. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for loving us and for letting us love you. I'm Preacher Man. That's Townsend. This is Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. And remember, as we come to a close, no matter where you go or what you're about to do, show kindness to someone around you because of the kindness Jesus has shown you. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye, y'all. 
Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.